Hey, everybody. How you doing? And welcome to episode number 152 of the John Riley Project. This is a podcast all about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Thanks for joining us. We're kind of experimenting with a few things. You could probably tell if you're watching the live stream, we're in a new environment. I'm going to kind of share some thoughts about that. Uh, but yeah, today it's, we're just going to do a news update. There's just a, a number of things that I do want to cover. This should be a relatively short podcast because really part of the reason for this podcast is that it's a test. Um, and I would encourage you, you know, since we're doing the live streaming, share with me, if you could, the quality of the audio and video to make Make sure it's working properly because the last few podcasts I've done, I've had real challenges with the um, quality of the video stream. And I think a lot of that had to do with my Wi-Fi network. And now what I'm doing is, um, is I'm actually got the Ethernet connection plugged directly into my router. And so in order to kind of do this experiment, I moved the podcast studio into my office. Um, and so... Uh, I'm very anxious to kind of test this out because, uh, you know, we have a guest coming on tonight at nine o'clock. It'll be David Leland. And he's going to come and join us and talk about Padres. And and this is sort of my way to sort of somewhat debug some of the technology. Um, so, yeah, if you could it, it, leave a note in the comments on YouTube or Facebook and just let me know, hey, is the video stream good? Is the audio quality good? Does it look and sound okay? I mean, you may may agree or disagree with what I'm having to say, but I'm just trying to test to make sure that the stream is solid. Um, but yeah, I what I did, if for those of you that are techie, yeah, like I said, I pl- I'm plugging directly into my router. I had previously bought a Orbi mesh network, which was fantastic for increasing the Wi-Fi signal throughout my house, but I don't think it was enough to really deliver a quality video stream. Um, and um, the, the other thing that I've done is I've reduced the number of frames per second on my new camera from 60 to 30. So I think that'll maybe relax some of the, the data, um, you know, that's struggling for every little drop of bandwidth. So hoping that's going to make the overall performance go more smoothly. But um, what I really want to get into today is the Republican National Convention. That's going to start in, you know, later tonight. And I've got some thoughts on that. Um, But before I do, I just want to just say, man, the San Diego Padres, seven in a row. Manny Machado hits that two-run homer in the bottom of the eighth to win it for the Padres. Um, They swept Houston. They swept the Texas Rangers. They swept the entire state of Texas. Um, Cronenworth is a Rookie of the Year candidate. Machado was just announced as Major League Baseball Player of the Week in the National League. Um, Will Myers kind of having a stealthy good season. The bullpen's looking better. So, man, it's just a great time to be a Padre fan. So really looking forward to David Leland joining me tonight at 9 o'clock. And we'll do a live stream there. And we'll, we're going to really dig in to the Padres because we're at the halfway point of the season, a 60-game season. The Padres, after 30 games, are 18 wins and 12 losses. The first half of the season was supposed to be the most difficult part of the season. And now... Um, they are in a great spot because the second half will be even easier. So really looking forward to my conversation with David. Um, Okay, so let's get into um, the Republican National Convention. And um, I'm just kind of checking here on my StreamYard software. Um, 
just checking to see if there's any comments. So again, if you're watching, if you're listening um, to the live stream on YouTube or Facebook, please, if you could leave a comment just to let me know how the the audio and video quality is because I'm doing kind of a test here uh, from the home studio, plugging directly into the Ethernet into the router. Okay, so the Republican National Convention is getting started tonight. And, you know, the Democrats had their convention last week, and I didn't watch any of the Democrats. Um, I think I caught a little bit of some video clips I saw on social media. And, you know, I'm not really going to watch the Republican convention either, except. You know, similarly, I'll probably catch some video clips on social media. But overall, I mean, these conventions to me seem like, um, you know, there's no there's no um, energy. There's no crowd. It's just not nearly as interesting. Um, But uh, I think they're going to end up being, you know, what little bit I caught on the Democratic side. I think we're going to see a lot on the Republican side. It's going to be very personality driven. It's going to be a very um, influential kind of a of a of a convention to obviously convince you to vote for those candidates but it's going to be largely driven by personality more than policy um and i think we saw that with um with president biden i mean he certainly got into policy but he's trying to make it all about how he's the good guy and trump's the bad guy and um you know, we can debate that. I'm not a big Trump fan at all. Neither am I a Biden fan. But that's how they're kind of trying to frame it uh, from the Democratic side, that Trump is the bad guy. Biden is the good guy. And if they can kind of stay away from the technicalities of some of the policy, then that kind of removes the opportunity for them to dilute their voter base. You know, they will alienate less voters. And when you take a look at what the Republicans are doing, it's largely the same strategy. I mean, this is all about Trump. I mean, did you see the the um, photos of the stage? And I mean, there's all these American flags in the background and this giant word Trump up above the stage. And I was looking at it and I kept thinking, this can't be real. Is it real? And or is this some Photoshop manipulation of someone making fun of the Republican Party? And I I think it's real. So I'm maybe I'll watch the convention just for, you know, 20 seconds just to confirm that that stage is legitimately what it is. But it's so perfect for Trump because he's just such a narcissist and it's all about Trump. And, you know, we're seeing the the speaker list and it's like the whole Trump family is up there and they're going to be speaking, whether it's you know, obviously the president or the first lady, but it's, you know, the I think four of the children are going to be speaking. Plus wives and girlfriends of the ch- children. And I mean, it's just going to be Trump this and Trump that the whole thing. Trump, it's like a cult of personality. And I think we're going to see that in the convention. Um but I was uh, watching a, just a preview of it as I was preparing for this podcast and CBS News did a preview and they quoted Newt Gingrich and it was a great quote. And Newt Gingrich said, I'm not sure if he is a conservative, you know, of course, referring to Trump. I'm not sure if Trump is a conservative, but he is the most anti um, he's the most effective anti liberal in my lifetime. And I think if you think about the Republican Party and really what does it represent? You used to be able to say that the Republican Party supported free markets and small government and fiscal restraint. That was a 
a, a line that you could sort of use like 40 or 50 years ago. Um, not so anymore. And now you kind of wonder, what is the Republican Party? The whole thing is blown up because of Trump. The whole agenda of the Republican Party is dramatically shifted. There doesn't seem to be a a common philosophical thread through the Republican Party's platform. Um, frankly, there isn't really a common philosophical thread that runs through the Democratic platform. I mean, look at the Democratic platform and, you know, we're we're talking about minority rights, but we're also talking about um, – uh, anti, you know, a, a woman's right to choose, which makes sense. Um, and there's a, and then there's other disparate, like tax the rich and, and, um, Medicare for all. And you wonder like, what is the philosophical thread that joins all of that? They're all like disparate islands that each and of themselves may have a fair and valid, um, point to make, but they don't, don't join in a common philosophy. And on the Republican side, we're going to see the same thing. I mean, cause the whole focus has shifted. Um, there was a great article that I, um, saw on, um, uh, on reason, uh, reason.com, which is a really great publication. And the article was titled the 2020 Republican convention doesn't have a platform. It has Trump's pet peeves. And this is a, it was a great article. And I want to kind of break that article down in this podcast episode. Um, and one of the most amazing parts of this is, is that the Republican um, national committee is not going to create a new platform. Usually that's a very deliberate process where the party leaders vote and get organized and they confirm or reconfirm elements of the platform from the previous four years. They maybe make some adjustments in the platform and they said, well, we're not going to do that this time. We're just going to let basically Trump run with it. You know, so again, abdicating all the power and authority to Trump to fuel and feed his ego and to make it more a cult of personality and the that that discipline process of really examining and re-examining and asking tough questions about the platform has just been thrown out the window. And so now Trump and his team get to define the whole thing. Um, and you know what they did, what it basically is, is Trump's America first, um, agenda with a bunch of like flair thrown on, you know, like from the movie Office Space, just a couple of shiny objects that are attached to an America first platform. And there's it's not philosophically sound. And frankly, it's not very innovative or forward looking. It's just very reactive, reactionary to a lot of things that have been happening, you know, currently or in the past. They're calling it Trump's second agenda platform. And you're thinking, well, you know, he came out with it. It was a list of bullet points on a press release that essentially is the Republican platform. It's just a bullet point press release from the Trump organization. And there's like lists of, you know, a lot of things you would expect, you know, pie in the sky promises. We're going to create 10 million jobs in 10 months. We're going to return to normalcy in 2021. We're going to clean up our planet's oceans, just really kind of broad sweeping, you know, promises without any real strategy behind them. Um, then it gets into the the basic bipartisan campaign promises. We're going to protect Social Security, protect Medicare. And you hear the Democrats saying the same thing and both sides say the same thing. Yet both sides are, are fundamentally destroying Social Security and, and Medicare. Uh, They're both on track for insolvency and no one really wants to fix them, but they keep saying they're going to protect them. Um, and then, 
you know, there's more of this um, lower healthcare insurance premiums and more of this sort of central planning of the economy from Washington, D.C. And you're thinking, well, these people really don't they really shouldn't have the ability to push those buttons and raise prices and lower prices, but they still make that part of the platform. Um, really the, the Trump's second term agenda. And then, you know, some of the paranoid nationalism of draining the globalist swamp, like as though globalism is bad. I mean, globalism is about trade and diplomacy and travel and tourism and being able to participate in a global economy. That's a good thing. That's a good thing for American buyers, and it's a good thing for American sellers. It's a good thing for American tourists. It's a great thing to have a global economy. Um, But the Trump organization and many people that are aligned with Trump see globalism as this threat, as this this evil, um, you know, this evil cabal that's trying to come in and infect and 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 infiltrate um, and invade America. And that's not what it is. But we're, we're seeing that as part of the bullet points of the platform. Another one of them on, on the press release was teach American exceptionalism. And this was a really interesting one. Because they never really define what American exceptionalism is. Um, I think that's something that's been talked about for a while, uh, for you know many decades. But then there's been challenges to it that America is no longer exceptional. I'm of the opinion that America is exceptional on the basis of its founding principles as a nation, that we all have individual rights, inalienable rights, of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that we are all created equal in the eyes of God, or we all should be equal under the law. Those fundamental points, I believe, truly do make America exceptional, but we've gotten so far off of that um, that it has undermined our reputation around the world. But when you know Trump platform says we're going to teach American exceptionalism in schools, well, what does that mean? It's not really defined. It just sounds good to get his base fired up. Um, And then we see that they want to enact more fair trade and fair trade is in quotations, you know, to so-called protect American jobs. But these fair what fair trade is all about is is tariffs on imports. Tariffs on imports really um, benefit the very few at the expense of the very many. Um, It makes the cost of all of our goods go up and and we have therefore less money in our pocket to spend and invest in America just so we can protect one factory in in some part of the United States. It's it's um, it's something that's damaging to American jobs because it increases the cost of of goods um, and of uh, of um, elements of the supply chain. It makes things more expensive. And yet it's positioned as um, protecting American jobs, which I think is just um, a how should I say, a distortion of what it really is all about. Um, Then it goes on to hold China fully accountable for allowing the virus to spread around the world. Well, how are you going to do that? Are you going to declare war against China? Are you going to put a trade embargo against China? You're not going to do any of that. Um, Trump has got this big bark, but no bite. Um, So he's not going to hold China accountable. He's just going to say that to get his base fired up. Um, 
And then there's some unconstitutional or even authoritarian planks of this bullet-pointed press release of Trump's second-term agenda. It promises not only end cashless bail, but keep people suspected of crimes locked up until trial, something that goes explicitly against the core U.S. justice system principle of innocent until proven guilty. So imagine, you know, you get arrested um, and you have to wait two months until your day in court. Well, you, they're going to hold you in jail. There's going to be no bail at all. I mean, bail on its own right now, the fact that it is a cash-based bail system is terribly discriminatory to those that are poor. It doesn't give them the benefit of the doubt to be innocent until proven guilty. Well, now it's going to be guilty until proven innocent, which to me is just like a heavy-handed police state. Um, It also promises to revitalize the war on terror by treating drive-by shootings as acts of domestic terrorism. And drive-by shootings are a problem, no question about it. But by classifying it as terrorism, that allows there to be a justice system that is – that violates civil liberties, that allows people to be thrown in jail indefinitely – Sometimes at Gitmo or any kind of other, um, you know, prison or complex on U.S. ground or or elsewhere um, by expanding this war on terror, especially declaring domestic um, criminals as terrorists. It empowers the government to no longer treat people equally under the law. It gives them the power to be far more authoritarian with certain segments. And then you have to decide who gets to decide who's declared a domestic terrorist. And that can be a slippery slope. It could be very dangerous. Um, And then he goes on to say, um, it says that for immigrants, including people who immigrated here legally, but are not U.S. citizens, being part of anything that authorities, authorities deem a gang will be grounds for deportation. So if you belong to a gang, and a gang is a loosely defined term. It could mean a group of people. Um, if you haven't even committed a crime and you're here legally um, under a, a work visa, a student visa, a green card, you could still be deported for not having committed a crime in the first place. So, again, just heavy handedness that we're seeing from the Trump administration um, as they plan for the Republican National Convention. Um and yeah, like I said originally, the, the supposed orthodox um, of the GOP, which was about limited government, free enterprise, institutional conservation, moral rectitude, fiscal restraint, global leadership, it's just gone out the window. It's no longer part of the Republican platform. Instead, it's just Trump's agenda, and it's whatever Trump wants it to be. And so this convention we're going to see this week is going to be Trump this, Trump that, Trump this, Trump that, with big Trump on the on the uh, top of the stage. And um, every other speaker is probably going to have Trump as a last name or be related to or be dating another Trump person. Um, it's just going to be Trump and his agenda that have completely taken over the Republican Party. And it's just unbelievable. It's like what happened to, um, you know, the the so-called conservatives. Um, they have completely abdicated power. They have completely handed it over to Trump uh, because, you know, they're afraid of being voted out of office or in some cases they've just abandoned the Republican Party completely. Um, and, you know, kudos to them for taking that stand. But, um, you know, we've seen you know, as we're getting closer and closer to the election, there's a lot more chatter. And um, 
And by the way, hey, Pete Neal joined here uh, on the podcast. Yeah, Pete, we we jumped it on you. You know, we're working on trying to make this a consistent scheduled event, but I'm still working out some kinks in my system with the live streaming. Uh, once we do, we're going to try to get it to a consistent schedule on specific days of the week at specific times. But Pete, you're uh, since you joined us, just want to ask you, how's the video quality? How's the audio quality? We're doing this is essentially a short test podcast where we're plugging Ethernet directly into the router and we're hoping to get a better result than we've had in the past. Um, but, you know, there's been some conversation. Um, <laughs> did I already cover the baseball stuff? Yeah, I did, Pete. Um, but there's been, you know, some conversation on Facebook as we're leading up to the election and and people you know, there are people are defending Trump or slamming Trump or defending Biden and slamming Biden. And I made some comments here in, in some of my local uh, 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 some of my local neighbors and friends here in Poway. And they were like scratching their head when they were talking to me. They're like, what team are you on? Are you are you a Republican? Are you a Democrat? And I keep telling people, no, I'm neither of those, um, you know, I'm I'm someone that I would think would be very liberty minded. It doesn't fit into either of those two buckets. And there's a podcaster I listen to quite a bit. His name's Jason Stapleton. And he talks about his five principles that he focuses on. And this is right in line with how I think it's about individual rights, limited government, peace, tolerance and free markets. And think about it. Do the Republicans or the Democrats support either of those or any of those individual rights? None of them support that. They they're um, looking for group rights. They're abdicating, you know, the our inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which is what this podcast is all about. Um, are they for limited government? Of course not. Both of them want to expand the size, scope, and power of government. And um, are they for peace? <laughs> They're both warmongering states, you know, creating violence, you know, abroad and in some cases domestically. Um, are they tolerant of other people's opinions? Less and less so every day. Um, and are they for free trade? Well, neither one of them is for free trade. They're all for managed trade, centrally planned trade, trade that favors certain industries um, over others, trade that favors certain um, corporations over others, a rigged and distorted trade market, which is a largely what this trade war that President Trump is pushing. And frankly, the Democratic agenda has been for a lot more of that kind of heavy handed, highly managed trade that supposedly is fair. Um, but it is anything but free trade. And what that fair trade does is it treats some people, um, you know, with far greater advantages than others. It doesn't treat people equally. It doesn't allow people to transact freely. Um, so, yeah, none of these parties support um, individual rights, limited government, peace, tolerance or free trade. So people ask me what team am I on? I'm, I'm on the team that supports that. And um, I'm struggling to find a home. I mean, the Libertarian Party supposedly represents that. But the Libertarian Party just has no juice. You know, they they're usually very unorganized and um, I would love for them to become a viable, powerful party in this nation, but they're not there. So I'm just a no party preference uh, voter. I'm an independent voter. But I look at both of these, Trump and Biden. And I mean, people keep beating you up saying you got to vote for Biden because we got to get rid of Trump. Well, or, and other people are saying you got to vote for Trump because we don't want Biden. Well, 
I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not, when I vote, I'm voting as an expression of my own values. I'm not going to be out there voting to keep the most evil guy out and therefore, you know, allow a lesser of evils to be elected. I won't play that game. Uh, so we'll see how it all sorts out. I mean, I, I think, you know, California is going to be overwhelming uh, Biden. I mean, Hillary won this state by 4 million votes in 2016. It was roughly 8 million to 4 million. And, you know, really, really, Trump has no chance in California. It's going to be an overwhelming landslide. So I don't feel I mean, I want to see Trump removed, but I don't feel compelled to support Biden when all the other people are going to be doing that work for me. So instead, I'll probably be voting for you know the Libertarian Party candidate or write in. I haven't decided, um, but we'll see what happens as we get closer to Election Day. Um, OK, so, Pete, thank you. Excellent audio and video. So this is that was kind of the point of this podcast is uh, just to test the audio and video. Um, I've got the, the direct Ethernet into my router, not depending on Wi-Fi now. So now what I'm going to have to do is actually install an Ethernet port into my living room, which is where I originally had my podcast studio. And once I get that installed, then I can migrate all of this out of my office and back into um, the living room, which works out perfectly as a podcast studio. Um, okay, just a couple of other items I want to touch on. Um, how about those fires up in San Francisco? I mean, this is just dreadful. Um, the fires that are especially around Santa Cruz, I mean, that I grew up in that area. I grew up on the peninsula, and I remember when I was a kid, you know, a little kid going down to Boulder Creek, and the family would go down there, and my mom would usually take me. I think it might have been just the two of us, or we might have joined some cousins. I can't remember. And um, I remember I caught my first fish out there at Boulder Creek at some kind of a trout farm, probably when I was about five or six years old. I remember that day, um, even now as, a, as an adult. And have some family that live in Boulder Creek. I'm sure they've been evacuated. Um, and then one of my clients has a um, has an office in Felton, which is kind of up in that neck of the woods, about five to ten miles north of Santa Cruz. They've been evacuated. You see, Santa Cruz has been evacuated. Um, I remember even I went when I was in the fifth grade. We had our fifth grade camp. It was somewhere out there, maybe like near La Honda, you know, kind of just west of Pescadero. I kind of wonder how they're doing because that whole area is just getting torched and it's such thick redwood um, and it's such old forest that it's just going up like a tinderbox and it's just a shame. So I'm really thinking about, you know, my friends and family that are up in the Bay Area now. Um, some of them, I'm sure, have been displaced, but others we shall see um, how much this, how long this continues. I think it was probably started by a lot of those lightning strikes. So um, thinking about that. And then the last thing I want to comment on is, uh, um, is the show that I'm watching on Amazon Prime. It's really, really good. It's called Victoria. And it's about Queen Victoria, uh, the British monarch in the 19th century. And it's just a fantastic show. And I've commented on this on previous podcasts because it's, a time of huge change, the Industrial Revolution, science is taking huge leaps forward. But it was very interesting because, you know, I was talking earlier in the podcast about the Trump agenda and so-called fair trade, which is a very tariff-driven trade system that artificially inflates prices um, and causes damage in the economy. Well, 
in one of the more recent episodes I was watching, um, they were talking about the corn laws in Britain. I had no idea about this, but these were tariffs and other trade restrictions that prevented the import of grain and corn and, and any kind of, um, you know, cereals, wheat, oats. Um, and it was a tariff system that anything that was imported had a huge tax applied to it. And it was done to protect those very few farmers in England. But the end result was, is that the price was really high. And meanwhile, in Ireland, they had the potato famine and people were dying and starving and they couldn't afford to buy um, any of this um, food stuff, you know, grain and oats and wheat because they insisted on keeping the prices high just to protect the very few. And it comes at the expense of the very many. So it was very interesting to see that played out in this show on Amazon Prime. Um, but the other part of it that was fascinating for me just in one of the more recent episodes is that Queen Victoria had gone and visited Ireland and she went to County Cork, which is really where my ancestry comes from, um, from both my mother and father's side of the family. And um, they first were there, you know, talking about the potato famine and then the horrible conditions that people in, um, in, in Cork lived under during the famine, the starvation and, and just the, the people being evicted from their land. But then when Queen Victoria goes, she goes to see some of these villages and they've been completely abandoned. And a lot of those people have left and they've gone to New York. And in some cases, the landowners paid for them to go to New York because they knew that if they um, did otherwise, they'd either be A, dealing with death or B, dealing with far greater expenses. Um, so a lot of these um, uh, people from Cork were part of the Irish migration to America, which is how the seeds of my ancestry came to the United States. So it was really neat to see that played out in the show Victoria. So really enjoyed that. Um, okay. So comment here from Dennis page. He said, big basin caught burnt old redwood grove grew up in Saratoga. Yeah. Saratoga, not too far from San Jose. So I remember driving on highway 17 from, I would go, I used, I grew up in Burlingame. So I drive down the 280, get on the 17, uh, go through, I guess, what was it? Well, Cupertino a little bit of that, but I would go through Saratoga over the hill Go to Santa Cruz. Remember great days at the beach and boardwalk in Santa Cruz. I raced BMX and we used to always go to Aptos High School um, and uh, did some boogie boarding in Santa Cruz. And so I have really, really great memories of that whole area. And um, I'm really concerned that the fire doesn't, you know, encroach on the city limits of Santa Cruz. So really looking forward to finding out more information. So hopefully all is going well for them. Um Pete saying the closed captioning is even working. Good pronunciation. Thank you, Pete. Thanks for verifying and and making sure that this video is working because it was interesting. Is last Friday at nine o'clock, I was scheduled to do a um, um, a live uh, stream, a live stream podcast with Poway City Council candidate Frank Fournier, and um, Frank you know, got on board with me. He was, um, at 15 minutes prior, we were, uh, connected and we tried both my StreamYard platform as well as zoom. And we couldn't get the video quality or the audio quality to be sound. It was, it was herky jerky. And it was the audios had this crazy reverb, almost a robot, a robotic sound to it. And so, um, uh, 
I made a vow that I was going to fix this. And I think we've solved this by having an Ethernet connection rather than Wi-Fi. I've also decreased the frame rate on my camera from 60 frames a second down to 30. And I think that's going to relax the bandwidth um, for the live stream. So really happy that the audio and video and even the closed captioning is coming out great on this podcast. So yeah, this is just a test podcast. I'm going to probably be doing it here in my office now for the next week or two until I can schedule to get an electrician here to drop an ethernet uh, line through my attic, down my wall and create a proper ethernet port in my living room rather than me having to string an, a long ethernet cable along the hallway and, you know, down to the other side of the house. I want to do it right. So um, I'm in this room now with hardwood flooring, and I think the sound might be reverberating a little bit, but um, thanks for verifying everything for me. I really appreciate that. Um, so, you know, how can you help us out on this podcast? You know, always like, subscribe, share. It's always really helpful to kind of boost our ranking in, in the um in all the algorithms. I'm hoping to have Frank Fournier rescheduled here uh, tonight at nine o'clock. David Leland's going to be joining us and Pete, just for you, David Leland's going to be here. And we're going to talk at least an hour on nothing but San Diego Padres. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be a great podcast. That's tonight at nine. And um, it's the halfway point of the season, a 60 game season. We're 30 games in Padres at 18 wins and 12 losses doing really, really well. Uh, so David Leland's going to join me tonight at nine. We're going to do a live stream and uh, we're going to really break down the first half and then take a look at the second half of the season. Um, and so I'll leave you with a, with a closing quote here on this short podcast. And it comes from none other than Manny Machado, uh, San Diego Padres third baseman and the national league player excuse me, National League Player of the Week. And he, this is a great quote. You've heard this quote from a lot of people. Um, it applies not just in sports, but throughout other, you know, whatever career you're in or whatever lifestyle you're in. Uh, Manny said, I can't control what people think of me. I, can, I can't control any of that. I can only control what I do on the field. Or in our case, we can only control ourselves. And that's some really great words of wisdom uh, from Manny Machado. Um, we can't control the world around us. If we do, it just drives us crazy. Best to just control what's within our control. And um, we're going to get far better results. And we're going to be a lot more mentally sound as we go through the process. Um, okay, so this is episode 152. Um, yeah, a little slam Diego there from Dennis Page. And um, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And really looking forward to doing more live streaming, um, having more guests um, in the live stream. And we're going to get this to a point where we're going to have a set schedule um, where it'll be a certain days of the week at certain times. I'm thinking maybe Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but I haven't kind of quite figured that out yet. Um, but we're going to get this to a scheduled event for these live streams so they don't just suddenly pop up on you. You can actually tune in and get ready. Um, so anyway, friends, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And we'll catch you sometime real soon. Bye-bye. <music>